0: 2014 will go down as the warmest year around the globe in recorded history.
1: 2015 was the hottest year since climate records began. The yeah. data show
2: this July was the single hottest month in recorded history. Australia sweltered through its hottest
0: spring on record. Climate change is now affecting every country on every continent.
2: The rate
1: is a great concern. Uh, what Towards do you so. what that rate does? Oh, it's human activity.
0: We have everything we need. Some still doubt that we have the will to act, but I say. The will to act is itself a renewable
3: resource.
1: On February 25th, the Transitions Film Festival came south to the Grand Astor Theatre in St. Kilda. Transitions has become a fixture in the Melbourne community as a festival for forward-looking films that engage with the climate crisis, but that also help us imagine a better future. The film that was shown that night, Anote's Ark, grapples with the stark reality of life in the Pacific nation of Kiribati, the existential threat these islands face, and the horrifying truth that it's only a matter of when, not if, rising seas make life impossible on these islands, before they are swallowed completely. Kiribati is in the center of the world. It's right there, bang in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. So far away, so isolated. We thought we would be immune from the tribulations of this world.
0: Rising sea levels have already taken a village on one of your islands. Do you see the possibility of all the people from Kiribati one day having to leave? For those of us on the front line, It really does not matter what is agreed to in Paris
1: because we will continue to go underwater.
2: If it is a foregone conclusion no matter what happens,
3: what's the point
2: of a deal now?
1: Well, what's the point where we need to survive? What is going to happen to us is going to be the fate of the rest who will follow Linked in the show notes is an episode of the Australia Institute's podcast that they kindly allowed us to share, featuring a conversation with former president of Kiribati, Anote Tong, on Australia's failures to engage as a good member of the Pacific community. While in the Melbourne suburb of Port Phillip, we can feel far from the threat of imminent loss, from flooding tides and hurricane winds. The post-screening panel gave me the opportunity to talk to three residents about how we feel that truth, and what we do with that knowledge. I'll take you now to the event with thanks to Daniel and the whole Transitions team and the good folks from Sustainable Port Phillip who pulled together the event and who were thanked by name at the end of the panel. Enjoy. What an amazing film. Um, We've got a big job for us tonight to follow that. Uh, Luckily, we've got two proud sons and daughters of Port Phillip here tonight and two um, older...
0: One interloper and two <laughs> interlopers from up north, Rungary infil- country. <laughs> there you go.
1: Good. And what we're going to do is not really dive into the themes and topics of this film we just watched because, um, well, that would be a whole night, I think, and there's a lot to chew on. But instead, because you know, this is the first time that there's been a Transitions Film Festival event in Port Phillip, this far down south, amazing, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about local issues and the local scene and, and the climate community down here. Um, just for my own interest, who here has been to a Transitions Film Festival event before? Anybody show hands? Okay, good. A, good, a third, maybe half? Alright. Um, who here has heard of Climactic before? Anybody? Oh my, oh, that's just for my own sake. That's, that's cool. Alright. Uh, that's a little podcast I started uh, nearly two years ago now. I started it mainly here in Port Phillip, um, chatting to city councillors on Port Phillip Council, talking to people like FAM at the Port Phillip Eco Center. I was basically just trying to get a handle on what the climate community here was, where I could fit in, um, really sort of what people were doing about this massive climate crisis we're facing. And it's been a source of inspiration and hope and uh, yeah, those two things mainly. Um, Sometimes a a huge dose of like, I'm not doing enough-ism, but you know, you get that way in the climate community, you can always be doing more. But tonight, I think we're gonna mainly be speaking about what people are doing about the climate crisis and how you all can be involved, but also how you can begin to know more about what's happening in your local community. So we can watch this film, we can be, shocked and appalled and really empathetic to the people of Kiribati, and we can say wouldn't it be great to have another 100,000 people in the city of Port Phillip? We're going to have that population growth anyway, why not those people? They look amazing. But honestly, there's so much we can do within our communities now to to get ready for the future that's going to be facing us as well, um, and that we need to be doing. So, let's let's get into it here a little bit and one of the major topics that I kind of was chewing on after that film was that feeling of being a feeling small in the face of such a massive issue of the climate crisis. Now, I'm kind of curious for my panel here, which who I haven't even introduced. I'm a terrible host. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have Charlie. Charlie. Hello. <laughs> and Charlie, so just talking about intersectionality quickly here, we saw, what did we see before, before the film, if anyone didn't catch you in your star turn up on
3: stage or else away? Um, so my film was the, uh, the last of the four short films, which was 11 years, um, which was basically a visual interpretation of how, you know, young people image... Climate change and how, you know, their views are on it and everything and how they, you know, see older generations and their attitudes and stuff and yeah. Very
1: good. And Julia, so what do you do when you're not here on film panels at the Astra Theater?
2: Um, I work as a youth worker for youth projects and then also yeah, on the City of Port Phillips um, youth advisory council so I work a lot with Lisa and the City of Port Phillip team. So get yeah, advocacy stuff with youth. Very good. Yeah. Julia,
1: I'll have you hold it up. Sorry. You got a nice big voice with this thing. And fam, and what do you do when you're not here at the Aster?
0: Um, so I work for the Port Phillip Eco Centre, where uh, I'm the marine biologist. So I do lots of citizen science projects there, um, and the Eco Centre provides a uh, a base for City of Port Phillip people and people from all over the state really to come and nurture and hatch environmental solutions to, for example, the climate crisis that we're facing at the moment and um, we tend to concentrate, you know, on climate change, but also in particular Port Phillip Bay and the waterways and catchments in Melbourne that lead into Port Phillip Bay as well.
1: So we're all doing big things and important things, but you know, just speaking kind of as people who've just watched this film how does that, that sentiment of, of feeling small in the face of something like this, how does that kind of resonate with you? How do you respond to that? Because when I watch this, I'm just like, yeah, wh- what is a small island nation of 100,000 people gonna do against this much less one person, me sitting in the audience? It's a, it's a challenging film. How, how did you kind of feel while you were watching it, Charlie? Well, well, Whoever's ready.
3: It's kind of funny because like, I, I haven't even heard Of these islands before which is crazy and how these people are going through this crisis and that um it's interesting how like there isn't it it is talked about a lot climate change but it isn't talked about a lot about who is being affected by it like it's more about yeah the the, you know the planet's warming up it's getting hotter bad things are happening but we're not really looking at you know how people's lives are actually affected directly from it Yeah. yeah
1: Julia, how did this kind of sit with you? What what were you kind of reacting to in the film?
2: Yeah, I think it's easy um, as young people and just people in the community in general to feel really overwhelmed by this issues in general and like the climate anxiety that's associated with that. Um, And I think that, yeah, as individuals, we can feel constantly like we're not doing enough. And then that juxtaposition of the anger that we feel towards these big companies that are actually doing quite a lot to contribute in terms of... Um but yeah, I think just reminding ourselves that um, individually we are just one person. But I guess like the, what I take away from that film is just that like these, these amazing communities that can just work together and actually advocate for themselves, and just like we're all going to impact by be impacted by this issue. It's not yet; yeah, no one's exempt from like climate change. It's all yeah.
1: And fam, sort of with your scientific background and your position in the community as an educator, um, watching this film, was there anything that was maybe new to you or that you're now going to incorporate into the message you share with the community?
0: Yeah, well, what I find really interesting is, is that we seem to use words like climate justice for communities that are not our own. Mm. We tend to say, oh, climate justice for, um, you know, these island nations and... Um, As we have seen with the recent bushfires, you know, that started over Christmas, we are now also the affected people. So it is really rapidly coming home to us now that, you know, climate change is not just out there affecting people out there, but it is now here in our daily lives and it is affecting us just as hard. Um, and I think in, in the light of recent events, people are, have really woken up to that. Um, I mean, hence the, for example, the climate emergency summit that was held last, uh, last week. Yeah. yeah, that's right.
1: The opening shots of that film, the beautiful aerial photos, the, the look at the, the water kind of winding through the villages and then when you see the storm damage and you kind of see that shot again, you realize the profound vulnerability. And, and now after this summer, right? you go out in Australia's bush and you feel vulnerable, you feel exposed, you feel in danger. Uh, as you're working by the bay like you do and, and like we all live, we're exposed as well. Um, so I, I guess that's one good thing to maybe take away from the film and, and keep with us in our day-to-day lives is that we, we're in a rich country, we're in a developed country, but we're not in a safe country. You know, we're not looking over at Kiribati like, oh sucks for them, but we're fine, but we're not. I'm sure as we all know, but it's um, yeah, it's a good thing to, to touch on and kind of take with us. On the flip side, we can feel vulnerable and small, but um, we're entering 2020 with some good signs behind us, maybe. I'm kind of curious if we feel like we've got some momentum going into 2020 uh, because of the amazing year that 2019 was for youth activism especially. And so we're really lucky to have two young people on the panel with us and two young at heart people, me me, and you, fam. Um,
0: Thanks, Mark.
1: Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> you, you more than me, I think. Um, how about, yeah, that sense of youth empowerment? Uh, we were talking about it quickly before, yeah. so I don't want to steal any of your ideas, but yeah,
3: how, how's the year looking ahead for you, Charlie? Well, just from like last year and like I like got my initial passion from going to like one of like the first school strikes last year and um I went there thinking, Oh, it's gonna be, you know, this cool event, but like seeing um thousands of kids, you know, just marching down in the streets of Melbourne just had like this sense of like empowerment but also this like responsibility for our generation to do better than the last and making sure that, you know, our future families that can have, like, you know, just as bright as the future that we can and everyone else has been able to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you've got a sense of hope maybe going into 2020?
3: Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, hope isn't lost, but... It's the action now, I guess, yeah. It's yeah. hope on a
1: foundation of, of action and maybe positive signs we, we saw from last year.
3: Mm, yeah, the positive signs from last year definitely will translate for this year, I reckon. Excellent. Yeah.
1: So Julie, I'm kind of curious with your work as a, as a youth worker, kind of what you think about your, your generation, your cohort, like have you seen kind of that passion that's you know, lit up Charlie a bit here, With yes. have you seen that in other people?
2: Yeah and I think even just on the scale that that grew as well, um, like the first track that I went to in 2018, I think there was yeah, 1,500 people and then last year in Melbourne there was 150,000 like, just in Melbourne. So like in one year that is completely like, exponential growth. Oh, we can do
1: it again, just next time bring a hundred of your mates yeah. and
2: we'll do it again. But just seeing, I guess, yeah, the speed and velocity of this movement, but just because young people are at the centre of it and it's this amazing driving force that's, you know, I think, the, yeah, the biggest, like, all the signs that you see at the climate strike are, you know, like, if we don't... If you don't act like adults, then we will. And I think that's the mm-hmm. big takeaway of this whole movement is that, like, young people have been sitting around for decades waiting for our politicians and our leaders to act, and they haven't been. So, yeah, it's now it's up to young people that are... Committed to making sustainable change, to advocate for it for themselves. That's right,
1: uh, Femme, I'm curious, as um, as a young and heart person, uh, I'm sure. Have the the school strikes of 2019 been inspiring to you?
0: Um, it has really touched me deeply, um, and I, I kind of feel like I should apologize to you guys because, you know, like I represent the cohort of adults here, and I think it is an absolute travesty that we have, as adults, have failed our children so deeply that they feel like they have to take the adult actions of going out on the street and, and, and doing all these actions, taking time out of the school, out of their education. When I was 13, all I wanted to do was ride ponies, <laughs> you know, because, because I thought my parents and their generation and my grandparents, they got this. You know, when I grow up and I get to make the decisions, I'm going to, you know, live my life and the world is my oyster. And to now see that, that the generations before us, to which I count myself as well, have failed you guys so deeply that you feel that you need to be out on the street instead of riding ponies, that is a bloody tragedy, and I apologize for that, really, that it, it has touched me deeply, all these people on the street.
1: And that's a really powerful sentiment, and it it resonates a lot with me, and I I know from talking to other people, you know, mainly adults later in life, and that resonates a lot with them, but I can imagine as a young person, you're just like, okay, thank you for the apology. It it doesn't mean anything to me, though. I'm kind of curious, fam, has it fueled any tangible changes or or inspired you to do anything else uh, because of 2019? So it's been great, it's happened. And it's been like this sort of lightning rod moment for youth, but what what have we done as the adults to to follow up that that action? Um, is there anything you can think of?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know what it's like in your circles, but I, I hang around with a lot of enviro hippies, right? So. Um, it has spruiked so many conversations all over the place, you know, like uh, conversations for climate, um, dinner parties where people are really getting together and opening the conversation even with the people in their family that are not really responsive to these things. Mm -hmm. So people are are, are way more awake and way more onto it now. Um, And personally, well, I guess also I have the privilege of, of, you know, being able to work for the Eco Center And today we actually had an all staff and committee workshop day where we're really asking the questions, how can we support our young people as an environmental organisation? Because Greta Thunberg is still travelling around the world, still saying to adults, you're still not listening. Mm -hmm. You're not listening. So I'm thinking, maybe we should even change our education approach, you know, like because education has always been like, okay, this is us the adults teaching you young children how to do things. I don't think that counts anymore in this context. We need to sit down and listen to what you guys, young people, have to say. And we, as the people who are supposedly have you know, the majority of the power to change things, need to give you the tools and the resources that you need to dream this new world into being. Mm. And that's what I've, so I've, I've really changed my thinking of how I approach education and how I approach my role as an adult. And it has gone from teaching and educating to empowering and to giving you guys the tools and be more of a facilitator than anything else, yeah.
1: outstanding. and that's, that's one interesting theory to change. There's a, there's a big conversation around that, I'd say. Education is something that always comes up as probably the most empowering and powerful thing we can do to start making systemic and long-term changes. I'm kind of interested if we should, like Montessori-style, turn it over to the kids, or instead teach like there is a real crisis, and teach not like, okay, it's not business as usual, it's 10% better. No, 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 teach like, this is how we mobilized in World War II, and this is how we're doing it from next week. This is how you plant a victory garden. This is how you'd never go to the supermarket
0: again. Yeah. What, what do you guys think? Like, what, what do you need mm. as young people? Uh, what do you need from the adults in your life?
3: Well, I guess that's, like, the biggest question at yeah. the moment. <laughs> but um, I, I guess that's it's hard to change minds of, you know... Older generations because you know they 've been brought up with these you know fixed opinions of you know the world's changing and everything it's natural processes but like it's hard to you know put that actual stuff in mind that it's actually the result of them and their actions and the you know the way that you know big businesses go about it and everything and like um, and yeah it's a it's a difficult question and i 'm still trying to figure out how to change the minds It's odd, yeah. Yeah,
2: I think I'm encouraging just community awareness and just community education in general. So like not just like how to cope with climate change, but how to make sustainable, like everyday changes in your life um, and just, general information about like how to recycle and where you can recycle because a lot of people just don't actually know that information and there isn't a really good, unless like City of Port Phillip has a great public resource but not every council has that available. So I think, yeah, just increasing the opportunities for that to happen. And also just giving young people a platform because I think, yeah, we're constantly silenced by like the media and politicians and um, I think it's always, I guess made, like it's like a, I guess the thing that we just couldn't possibly understand is always like oh it's too complex for you or it's um something that's out of your realm of you know like it's you don't need to con- be concerned about this and you don't need to bother, it doesn't need to bother you but it does impact us and we've actually read the science so we are concerned <laughs>
1: it, it's a, it was a huge question i'm, I'm thank you for asking yeah that. sorry to bring that on you guys <laughs> no i thank you for it and, and very well taken but it, it is of course it's a multi-layered thing and you have kind of to make any tangible progress, we have to really talk n- nuts and bolts of things and very tangible things. Um, but it's really good sometimes just to throw out a big question and yeah. and use your mind bike a little bit, see where you go. Um, I'm curious. We've got oh geez, call it call it five more minutes maybe. Um, that's, that was a quick half an hour. Um, I'm curious among the attendees tonight how I, and I should do this at the start of any talk I do or any opportunity like this. a a bubble check, did anyone bring anyone tonight who's not like, you know, already a sustainability person, a green person, a a climate change aware person, did anyone like press gang a friend, like frog march them? Yes, excellent. I I want to start doing this more, because I think, yay, well done, thank you for coming. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm curious, question for the panel, that film, how impactful and powerful is that? Can you actually imagine anyone in your lives that if you made them sit and watch that, they wouldn't be affected by it? Because I'm imagining your short film, Charlie, the, mm-hmm. the guy who sounded like me, with my terrible, you know, cursed accent, um, who could sit through that and think like, oh, eh, so what? Could, do, you, do you know anyone like that in your lives?
3: Definitely. <laughs>
0: yes. <sighs> Actually, I I know an almost entire country. I'm from the Netherlands. (laughs) Half my country is already under sea level. And there seems to be an incredible trust in the technology that we're just gonna build the dikes higher and then it's all gonna be okay. And I don't know, I don't think I buy that anymore. (laughs) So, I don't know, maybe they should all see this film. I asked for
1: a person and you raised me a country, well done, oh my God. yeah, I, I can probably think of people in my life as well. So I'm kind of curious with maybe talking quickly <laughs> about where our, our personal passions kind of intersect with climate change, what we want to do that has probably the most impact or, or where we want to find our impact and find our space and maybe where we found it within Port Phillip. So if other people are like, oh yeah, that's, that's my thing too. That's my passion, that fills my cup. There is something in this area I can get involved in. Charlie, for you, acting, making short films, like, what's your, your dream for this?
3: Well, my dream is like when I make films and everything is to, you know, put out a message and hopefully people will read that message and in a way, because I don't like having this, you know, this, this one message in my films. I like to have this, you know, people can like sit there after and figure out, you know, what they took from it and what they can like think about it and everything. And I just hope that people can, you know, take a positive thing out of those things. So that's, yeah, what I'm looking for.
1: Causing thought, causing introspection. Yeah. yeah. Good. Exactly. Go. Julia?
2: Um, yeah, and I guess just encouraging sorry, encouraging um, young people to join, like, local council groups. and Like you have, which yeah. is really,
1: you're walking that walk, and thank you for doing that. Yeah, that's great.
2: Thank you. <laughs> um, but also civic yeah, engagement. Yes, <laughs> if it's um, not to that full extreme, but also just giving young people the opportunity to, you know, like send letters and petitions to their local MPs and, um, yeah, just represent their voice in other ways. Because even if they can't vote, like their voice is still very, very important and still matters and it should be listened to.
3: Mm. Oh,
1: good. It's probably obvious how
2: science and citizen
1: science and education coincide, but. What else do you do? You're, you're also, you like getting out in nature
0: and- Oh yeah, I'm always somewhere in the sea, <laughs> whether it be scuba diving or surfing. But um, I think when it comes to local issues in the city of Port Phillip, I mean, you know, we invite anyone with good ideas or anyone who wants to have a conversation, please come to the Eco Center, come and talk to us because we are all about listening to what is happening in the community and since we are an independent not-for-profit organization even though we are supported by the city of Port Phillip we're still independent we're quite nimble and we can move quickly on local issues Um, and we, we really want to have conversations with the community we want to know what lives there and we do a quite a good job of that already Um, But the conversation can always include more people. And uh, so we're always really happy to host uh, Julia and her crew uh, and all the the young people at the Eco Center. Um, And I would really want to offer that as as a hub to hatch all of these new ideas about how we're going to make this future um, safe for everyone, not just for people, but for the other than humans as well.
1: Fantastic. Well, can I... uh There's a a lot of things I can say now. Uh, To to wrap it up now, can I ask you all to give my amazing panel a round of applause? Thank you very much. Charlie, Julia, and Fem, uh, to the whole Aster Theater team, to Chris up to the projection booth, thank you very much. To Brett, to Lisa, to Juliet, thank you very much. And to you all for coming out on, what is this, a Wednesday, Tuesday, Tuesday evening? Give yourselves a round of applause too, you're beautiful.
0: Thank you for coming, everyone.
1: (laughs) Uh, Here's to setting a nice low bar for Transitions Film Festival on the south side. May the next one, you know, go even higher and do more. May you all come back and bring non-climate friends, too. And let's fill the aster next time. Why not? Uh Thank you all very much. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Climactic, the flagship podcast of the Climactic Collective a podcast network dedicated to lifting the voices of the climate community. You can find out more about the people behind Climactic and all the shows we produce at climactic.fm. We are a social enterprise podcast network, and we greatly appreciate your support. You can find a link to our Pausable where you can support us directly in the show notes of this episode or from our website. Thank you for listening. And from the whole Climactic Collective, keep up the great work and take care of each other in these climactic times.
3: The Climactic Collective